make a couple of announcements before I get started. I tend to forget them at the end. Um, Doug Holly is going on a mission trip to Guatemala, and uh, he's going to go down there and do eye exams. So, uh, Laura asked if we would, if you have any spare glasses, spectacles, around the house that you don't use anymore, that you would be willing to turn and bring those to the church, bring them to our office, and so we can take those to Guatemala and give away free glasses. Uh, so if you can remind, I just want to remind you of that. If you have some, most of us have some glasses laying around that we, some of us, we can't wear them anymore because they don't work. <laughs> but somebody else could use those glasses. So we invite you to bring those to church during the week. And I'm not sure when they're leaving. I don't see Laura. I think she's with the kids, but uh, we'll find out. But just bring them this week. How about that? It's when? In a couple of weeks. Okay. And then also, uh, Sarah Stone asked me to announce that Angel's Hands, if you're interested in participating with Angel's Hands, that they're having a meeting uh, this Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. So you're welcome to come and get plugged in there to help with the giveaway uh, of the, the clothing. And then they have a big event planned in October. Also, I got this from uh, a lady dropped this by this morning. And uh, she's just going around, driving around to churches. And so since I know Jerry Roach and I know Victory Christian, I will announce this t- uh, Tuesday night. They're having a, it's called Jerusalem Countdown, a movie that they're showing at uh, 7 o'clock. It's free, uh, Tuesday, September the 13th. Uh, there is no child care, and it's really not recommended for children. So uh, if you're interested in that, we also have a poster on the door that will remind you of that. Okay. And uh, today we also have a baptism at the end, so it's a good day. It's going to be a good day. It already has been a good day. Uh, Just believing for healing today, amen? God's the healer. Um, Terry, I have your baptismal certificate. I just might as well take take care of all this business, okay? Terry's the one that got dunked in an unfull baptistry. But we did get her all the way under. Praise God. Uh, It's full today. Cool. Okay. We're talking about remember. That's the re-word for the week. Say remember. 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 Be reminded. Have a good memory and all these things. A kitty came forward this morning just for prayer for her memory. And so I just had her quote. uh, That scripture says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Uh, We pray that over her this morning. And she's receiving that today. And uh, she said, I want to be able to communicate the gospel with people. See, if she just wanted to remember the good times when she was a teenager, that's one thing. But she wants to have a memory that can recall what God's put in her heart to share with people. That is having, being a, a mindful uh, and having a memory with purpose. And we're going to talk about that some this morning, about our memory having, uh, uh, being reminded of things with purpose in those things that we do. So... Today we're going to look at Revelation chapter 3. I don't preach from Revelation very often, but today I am in Revelation 3, 1 through 6. We're probably going to get about halfway through this, this passage. Um, and we're going to be looking at a church. Jesus gave this message to the Apostle John to give to the churches. And he wrote these down. And these weren't just for the churches then. These, were, these were, uh, messages were for the church today all across the world. And this particular church he wrote was to uh, the church in Sardos. Is that's how you pronounce it? If that's what the guy on the internet was pronouncing it correctly, it's Sardos. Okay. As I was reading this passage, 
It was amazing some of the similarities that I saw uh, from this city to America, to New York, to the big cities in this country. It was amazing. The, and, and as I was preaching on and trying to be reminded of 911 and how God wanted to use that today, that when I was studying this city, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a church in the city of Sardas which was in trouble. Uh, that's why he addressed these churches. All but one of them had some things going on with them that were, were not good. So this church was in trouble just as the church in America is in trouble. Wouldn't you agree that the church in America is in trouble? As a whole, I'm not saying all the church, but as a whole, the church in America has, has made a lot of compromises. You hear it every day. This church is split from that denomination because they've allowed homosexuals to now be ordained as ministers. And listen, there, there, there's going to come a day if I say that that's wrong, that I will be possibly put in jail for saying that very thing. And listen, we have got to be people of truth, and we've got to stand on the truth of the Word of God. We can't be ashamed of it. When things are wrong, when they're clear-cut wrong in the Bible and we're afraid to share it, we're in the wrong. And we rationalize and compromise the Word of God, the whole counsel of God. So the church in America is in trouble. But just as this church in Sardis was in trouble, Jesus said, there's hope for you guys. And I believe, I do not want to preach a gloom and doom message. I want you to know that the church in America, there's hope for us. God is not through with us yet. Listen, what we were established on was awesome. We, this country was established on the principles of God. That's why Ten Commandments were placed in the Supreme Court. In every major building in a federal building in America, the Ten Commandments were posted because they knew there was something to that. They might not have said Jesus all the time, but they said God a whole lot. And when we talk about Jesus, we're talking about God. And we talk about God, we're talking about Jesus. So look with me at Revelation 3, 1 through 6. And the angel of the church in Sardis writes, These things say he, Jesus is the he, okay, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, 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 therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. And you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Look at verse 6. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We need to open up our spiritual ears and listen to what God is speaking to the church of America, the church in America today. Now listen, I want to show you a few things about this city and you see if you see some parallels like I did. First of all, it says, and the, to the angel of the church in Sardis. Now when Jesus was speaking this to the angel, he was talking about the messenger or the pastor. But when, he, when you 
filtered all through all these passages, all the church he was talking to. He was talking about the church as a whole in those cities. He was talking about the church. Now, this church in Sardis was a lot, the, the city of Sardis was a lot like America. They, they had become fat. They had become luxurious. They had become wealthy. They, they were the first city to ever actually coin money. And they were in a decline. They were in a, a declining state. And they were becoming very vulnerable to the enemy, to the enemy attack, the, the physical enemies that were surrounding the city. They became vulnerable to them, just like we were on 9-11, 2001. We were very unprotected. We were very unaware of what was about to take place. Nobody knew. We turned on the televisions. You remember where you were. And you watched that second plane come in. Because most of us didn't see the first one. We weren't aware of it. But when we saw that second plane come in, we knew something was up, didn't we? We knew the enemy was attacking. All of a sudden, and we're scrambling to do whatever we could. But we didn't know what to do. But you know what the church did? We said, we need to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to pray. And after all the stories, all the things about the heroes, all that the churches were filled in America. Then next Sunday, the churches were filled. Look, we're not even filled today. On the day of remembrance. We've got empty pews all across America because people have come, become complacent again. Well, we've got, our new raw, uh, we've got our new rules in place. We've got our new laws in place. Everything's good. We've got homeland security. Listen, we have waited and waited too long on the government to bring protection to us. We really have got to turn to God. We really do, church. I'll take my shoes off at the airport. I don't mind doing some of those things. But listen, we have got to, we've got to take our shoes off on holy ground before God. That's where we need to really be paying attention. There was this city. They were soft. They were into the luxury thing, they were easily conquered. Listen, if the church does not wake up, we will be easily conquered. We will fall into the trap, which many have already fallen into, of, I don't care. I want to be politically correct. I don't want to say anything that would offend anybody. See, the church there in Sardis, they had become non-offensive to anybody. They were not offensive to anybody. Listen, the gospel is offensive to people. Oh, I don't want to hurt their feelings. They might not believe the way I do. That's, that's what we do. Oh, let's make room for them. Let's get the prayer mats out so they can. No, church, we got to wake up. We don't hate our enemy. We love our enemy. We should love them enough to tell them the truth. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. God said, if you will confess me before my father, I, I will confess you before my father. If you will confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. Listen, we've got to start confessing Jesus Christ. In the workplace. Oh, you know, at school. No, we're not supposed to talk about Jesus at school. Baloney. We've got to start talking about Jesus in the streets, in the highways, in the byways. At the football games. At the bridge club meetings, at the, at the nursing home, on our jobs, in our schools. We need to start holding high the banner of Jesus Christ. Instead of cowering down and going, well, we need to be politically correct. I'll just invite them to church when they're on my turf. Man, I'm going to tell you, Jesus was 
he had some words for these churches. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And Jesus speaks. He says, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And I'm not going to go into all that. Here's the thing. Jesus had the authority to say it. He had the authority to say what he was saying. He is the church. He says, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Can you imagine opening that one up if you lived in Sardos? <laughs> uh, John, uh, where'd you get this? <laughs> oh, well, Jesus showed that to me. Jesus spoke that to me. Well, surely he, he must be mistaken. We're a good church. Man, we're alive. We got some programs. We, we, we do a lot of stuff in the community. Sardis is the real, we're a happening church. We got, we got the video. We got the programs. We got the stuff for the kids. We got all this computers. Man, we're modern. We do the up-tempo stuff. We make it good for everybody. Is that what we become as a church? The biggest churches have the biggest programs and have the best light shows and the best videos. And if you don't entertain me when you come to church, I'll find a church that will. Isn't that right? Isn't that isn't there some truth to that in America? I go to mega mega something. Because they've got the good stuff. I'm not saying they're wrong. All, all that stuff's wrong. Believe me. But sometimes they just do stuff because somebody else told them this is what you do. And they're not led by the Spirit of God. They don't preach the, the hardcore truth. They, they, they have that easy, easy believism. Just say a prayer and you're in. Go And then you can go and do whatever you want to do. Listen, that's not what Jesus is talking about to this church in Sardas. He's calling them up and out. He said, you look good, but you're dead. Listen, the church in America, we've got to wake up. Dead indicates no struggle, no fight, no persecution. It wasn't that the church was losing the battle they'd lost. The fight seemed to be over. But even what we think of as dead, God can resurrect. Look, this is what Jesus says next in verse 3. It's going to get better, okay? <laughs> ah, you're in the headlight, look. <laughs> I think I want to go to one of those good churches, those fun churches. What does he say next, church? Be watchful. Say be watchful. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God or complete. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. I want us to pay attention here when it says to be watchful. 
In other words, Jesus is saying to this church, there's still an enemy out there. There's still something that you still got some life in you. So I want you to open your eyes and pay attention. This word watchful means to pay attention. Get your spiritual eyes open. Get your spiritual ears open to the things that are happening in this city, in this country, in this world. Don't just watch CNN and Fox News to find out everything. Ask God. Let him show you. Get in his word. Let him show you through prophecy what's taking place. Be alert to what's going on in the church in this body right here. I want to ask you some questions. Are you actively sharing your faith? Are you actively sharing your faith? Do you know what you believe? I'm asking you individually. You don't have to answer. I want you to answer these questions in your heart. Do you know what you believe? Do you take a stand for the things of God? Or do we look so much like the world and and agree so much with the world that we've fallen into a stupor and have become apathetic or pathetic? You see, the church, a lot of the church in America looks a lot like the world. They look a lot like the Kiwanis. They look a lot like a social club. They look a lot like a big organization that's a good corporation that's going in this great big scheme. They've got all these things lined up and they've got these plans and everything because they're growing and they're, they're, their salaries are big and, and they're, they're taking their building and they're building some more. And, and they look a lot like corporate, corporate America, don't they? Jesus never designed that. The problem with us is if we quit sharing our faith, if we don't know what we believe, if we don't take a stand for the things of God, we will fall into that category. We'll fall into that rut. You know, Jesus gave a mandate for pastors that we're supposed to watch out for the flock, for the, flock, for the sheep. We're supposed to keep them protected from the, from the wolves. But now we don't even know what the wolves look like. They look like sheep. Some of you don't know what Satan looks like because the Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. I've heard this, over, I've heard this so many times. You know what? I'm just going to pray that God will open that door for me. If he opens the door, then I'm going to walk through it. And I said, look, do you, do you know this, that, that Satan can actually look like God and he can actually open a door? And you'll walk right there, la di da the door. He's opened the door, boom. How did that happen? Because we were so eager to get through an open door, we didn't ask God if he opened it. And, the, and, and Satan, he masquerades as an angel of light. Be watchful. I, I'm telling you, 10 years out from the, from. From that tragedy of 911, 10 years out, I'm wondering, have we, have we gone deeper as a nation into the things of God or are we just backing up? Are we just going to let the home, homeland security take care of us or are we going to press into God? Are we going to put the armor of God on or are we going to let somebody else do it for us?
In its history, this city of Sardis was conquered easily twice. It wasn't that the attacking armies overwhelmed them, but their overconfidence made them stop being watchful. We can get pretty overconfident and a little casual in our faith. And we can quit paying attention. That's why we have so many kids on drugs. That's why we have so many people living together without getting married and making commitment to marriage. That's why we have our jails full. That's why we have private prisons now. That's why we have all the mess in America. We quit watching. We quit being on the wall and watching and praying and interceding for our children and our children's children. He says this, be watchful. Then he says, strengthen the things that remain. It might look hopeless, but there's hope. There's some things that will remain. And he said, Jesus said to the church, they said, you need to strengthen those things that remain. Shore those things up that seem to be falling apart. Come together. Come together and, and, and hold those things up that God's put in place. Go get the foundation rebuilt. Find out if your foundation is really on Jesus Christ or not. Take care to, to pay attention to those things and strengthen the things which remain. I thank God that he has not given up on us. But I also think that there could be a day coming where we are going to be persecuted for speaking the truth. And I don't think it's that far away. Will you be able to speak the truth? Will you be willing to speak the truth? When somebody says, you know, that's against the law. That's a hate crime. Will you be willing if somebody, maybe they're not going to hold a gun to your head, but they're going to come with a warrant for your arrest. Did you know that's where we're headed? Do you all understand that? That we're allowing all the other stuff to come in and we're just standing idly by and going, oh, yeah, that's cool. You know, God's, God's with us and we'll be okay. Listen, we've got to be proactive in sharing our faith and being the church. You know, it's funny that the Apostle Paul, he didn't just hang out in Jerusalem the rest of his life. He went place after place, city after city, and, and with, with threats of being beaten and actually being beaten and throwing, in, throwing him in jail, all those things. You know what he did? He just kept going. He just kept going. He's like he, he wasn't going to give up on sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we feel like if we go across the street that they might be offended if we tell them about Jesus. God help us. God help us. Strengthen the things that remain in this country, in this church, in this city. We have allowed the character of our country to define the character of the church instead of the vice versa. Y'all hear me? We've allowed the character of this country to define us as a church instead of the church defining the character of the country. God help us. 
Strengthen those things which remain. Reinforce within us, Lord. Build our faith, Lord, that we would be not afraid to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That these really would be feet, beautiful feet, that are willing to go and share the gospel. There is a lot of great churches in this country. There are a lot of awesome, spirit-filled churches that are doing the deal. Y'all believe that? The kingdom of God is great. And God is, he's, he's, but what he's wanting to do, he's, he's, he's wanting these churches to be so on fire for him and so full of revival that they're spreading like wildfire, like these wildfires that have been doing all this destruction. He wants us to be like the wildfire that spreads, that brings the good news of Jesus Christ in hope to a lost country. We need revival in this land. I'm not worried about the church, in case you're wondering. I didn't establish it. I'm not the one that's going to keep it going. Jesus, matter of fact, he told Peter, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He is going to protect his church. I just want to be in that part of it. I want to be a part of that movement that says we're taking America back. I do. I want us to be known as a church that in this city, they said, listen, if you want the truth, go to Freedom Fellowship because they're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, they'll take it outside the walls. They'll take it outside the walls. They'll take it to Goodfellow Air Force Base. They'll take it to the schools. They'll take it to the campuses. They'll take it to the workforce. And they might look at you funny. They might say some things behind your back. Who cares? Abortion is wrong, church. Homosexuality is wrong. I didn't make that up. God said it's wrong. So is lying and stealing and cheating and gossiping and all that other stuff. It's wrong. Boy, I hope they say, I hope they don't come to the place they say, you can't teach that it's wrong to lie or steal. Because that would get a lot of the churches right there. Because, you know, whoever they is. Be watchful. Strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die for. I have not found your works perfect before God. The word perfect means complete or fulfilled. This also, that word also implies that the works they were doing were not done with purpose as unto the Lord. We reevaluate our staff meets and we reevaluate all the time. Are the things we are doing, are we doing them with purpose? Or is there an intent behind it that's godly? Is this God-centered? Is it God-focused? Is it about Jesus Christ crucified? Is it about the resurrected Jesus? Is it about the power of God? If it isn't, let's get rid of it. We don't have time to play games. We just don't, church. I did a funeral this week for an old friend. I love what he asked me to do. 
He said, his, his family said, his wife said, his daughter said, listen, Harold, if there's one thing Walt told us to tell you at his funeral, he said, you better preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You better tell people that there's a heaven and there's a hell and there's only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ. And I honored his wishes gladly. Verse 3, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. To remember just doesn't mean to recall it, okay? Sometimes we just think that's all memory is. Memory is just to recall it. That word remember doesn't mean to just be mindful of something. It means to, listen, this is the Greek, it means to make mention of it. Talk about it. To call it to mind or meditate on it. When you remember what God has done for you, you just don't go, mm, that was good. You know, you get to meditate on it, but you get to share it. You get to tell people about it. Call it to mind. Talk about it. Over and over and over and I used to, when I was growing up and I was reading the Bible, I would think, man, those Israelites are the most stupid people in all the world. They were just the most idiotic people. Jeez, God could part the Red Sea and it didn't take them a few days and they were mad at God. You know, he would do this miracle and that miracle and it didn't take very long. Well, they'd be mad at God. Give them manna. I don't want manna anymore. I want some quail. And give them some quail. They didn't want that anymore. And they were always griping and complaining. And God would do another miracle. And then they would get so far away from God. And he would say, I'm, gonna, I'm about to do some stuff to you guys. Oh, please don't worry us, God. We want to come back to you. Okay, I, I, I'm slow to anger. I'm full of compassion, full of mercy. I'll take you back. And he would remind them over and over and over of all the good things he had done for them. And they would remember. Occasionally they would remember. And then one day they would walk with the Lord for a while until things got a little rough. And then all of a sudden they were whining and complaining again. Just like the church. Just like the church today. And I'm thinking, well, we're just stupid. I've saved you. I've rescued you. I've got you a place in heaven. I've written your name in the book of life. I've healed you. I've restored you. I've given you power to do this, to trample on snakes and serpents. And I've given you all this stuff to do. And, and I've given you all these tools to walk in freedom. And you go back to the same old vomit. And you go, Bleh, you know, ah. and then you want God to rescue you again. And he says, do you not remember what I've already done for you? Seriously. Have we forgotten what God's done for us? And we get caught up in the same old crap over and over and over again and God's the God that brings change to our lives and yet we fall and we fall and we fall and we say God help me up again we're just a bunch of babies sometimes when are we going to grow up and be the church that's not in my notes matter of fact (laughs) when are we going to grow up when are we going to quit playing this game Help me, help me, help me, fix me, fix me, fix me. No, you can stand on the, fa- on the faith that God's given you and on the word of God and start growing up. Feed me, pastor, feed me. No, you feed yourself. Well, you don't disciple me enough. Guess what? I've got the same Bible. You've got the same Bible I've got. Get in the word. 
This is a feel-good sermon, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, I sound frustrated. Why do we do that, though? Why don't we just, we want somebody else to do it for us. That would give me the idea that we become lazy. We've, we're in the funk. And we want, some, we want a youth pastor that will dress up weird and do strange things to get us happy. Seriously, guys. We, we've, we've gotten somewhere that we shouldn't be. I'm not saying any of that's wrong, but... If at the end of the day, we're not pointing people to Jesus and saying, you need to get in the Word. Dads, you need to be discipling your children. Don't let me disciple them. Moms, you need to be discipling your children. Don't wait for the pastor or Cam to do it. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. I think that's what we need to do. You know, when he talks about remember, you just flip back one book, one chapter, I mean, in Revelations 2, and he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he said, Nevertheless, this is Jesus speaking, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works. Some of us need to start over. You might be one. I mean, I think we've all done it. We, we've all done this roller coaster thing. God's good. God, I don't know. God, you're awesome. Huh? We've all done that. But God's saying, look, there's some things that we've got to do. We've got to hold fast. It's, it could be a really rough ride in the next 10 years if God tarries that long. It could be a really rough ride. You better, need to, you better learn to hold on. You better start discipling. You better start getting in the Word and see what God's showing you. Because it could get really rough. Listen, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. Somebody's going to want to give you a little tattoo that says, this is your scanner, this is how we're going to keep up with you. Or they're going to put a chip in your, under your eyebrow or in your wrist, and they want to keep... Listen, that stuff's coming. And we're not going to stand for that, and we're not going to take those marks. We're going to have to be led by the Spirit of God. We need to have the wisdom that God's put in us. I would, I would dare say God was trying to get our attention before 911, and people just weren't listening. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen and repent and do the first works. In other words, get back to loving me. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't forget how much I love you. Get back to me. Get back to me, Jesus is saying. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, I'm almost through. Y'all can breathe again. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. 
Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Listen to this, church. Not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. I want to read that one again. For this reason, Paul says, we also thank God without ceasing. Because when you receive the word of God, he's talking about the church here. When you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it. Not as the word from him, but as the word from God. As it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. You need to hear the word of God. You need to receive the word of God. You need to remember the word of God, what he has put in you. And let it be effective in leading your life. Once we remember what God's spoken to us and what he's given us, then you know what we'll do? What we should do? We should fall on our faces and repent. Because we've not been faithful to carry out the mandate of Jesus Christ. We've wanted our neighbor to do it our children to do it, our grandparents to do it, but we don't want to accept the responsibility of living a godly life before everybody. On the day of the response that we held, we we did the, the live feed here. The underlying theme of all of it. I know some people didn't like it because it looked political and all that stuff. And I will just put a plug in here. I thank God for Governor Perry for doing that. I do. I'm not telling you anything except I thank God that he was obedient to do something. But the underlying theme of that whole thing was we need to repent. This nation needs to repent. The church needs to repent. We need to turn away from what we used to think was right and turn toward God. We need to start thinking like God wants us to think. We need to start having the mind of Christ and not the mind of man. That's what Paul was saying here. He said, you received this word. It wasn't a word from men. It was a word from God. And I promise you, this word that you're hearing this morning is not from me. It's from God. I wouldn't say this stuff. You might fire me. Honestly, I do. I I would love to be Joel Osteen and just preach these positive, happy messages. And I'm serious. I'm just going to say that. And I'm probably going to offend some of you. But listen, there's a time to, to... Do that. But there's also a time to lay it on the table. To lay the truth out there and say, guys, wake up. I'm serious. You can, you can hate me if you want to. But I'm serious. We've got to come to the place of saying, there's, we've got to start speaking the truth. Remember, therefore, how you've received and heard. Hold fast and repent. God, we're sorry. I'm sorry. We need to beg you, Father, to forgive us. 
for being so lax, so careless, so apathetic to the things that you said were so important. We have looked at everybody but you. We have turned our eyes to sports. We have turned our eyes to the secular world. We have turned our eyes to everything but you, God. Forgive us for promoting anything above Jesus. Forgive us for being afraid to take a stand. Forgive us for not telling our neighbor the truth in love. Forgive us, Father, for being led by the news instead of the the Bible. Forgive us, Father, for being unfaithful when you're faithful. And, Father, may the churches of this country that say, that put the name Jesus on their doors, that hoist the cross high on their roofs, that have the word God in their name or the, the word Christ in their name, may today be a day of reckoning that we would reckon that you're more important than we made you or we've allowed you to be. What kind of heritage are we going to pass on to our children, God, if we don't turn toward you? What kind of legacy, what kind of country are we going to turn over to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren if we allow the enemy to take over? May we be bold. Father, give us a spirit of boldness to proclaim Jesus Christ. And it would start with us right here, right now. Father, we want revival, but do we want to be revived? That's the question. I do. Revive us. Renew us. Transform us into being the army that you've called us to be. That would win our families, our schools, our workplaces, our city, our state, and our nation to Jesus Christ. King of kings, Lord of lords, there's no other God but you. And we lift high, and unashamedly, we lift high the banner of Jesus Christ this morning. We love America, but we love Jesus more. We pay tribute to those heroes, but we pay tribute to the greatest hero of all, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who went to the cross for us and died for us that we might have life, have it abundantly, have it everlasting. It would be a powerful life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Mariah, we're going to... Give Jesus a hand. I'm just going to prepare for baptism. I want the ministry team to come to the front.